home of the pens and the best pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, defense matters. It matters a lot. And with that in mind, I don't like what the Penguins' third line will likely be in the playoffs. You got Derek Brassard between Connor Sherry and Phil Kessel. If Kessel is going to play on the third line, Sherry can't be the left wing. Too much finesse on that line, not enough grit and defense. Zach Aston restrikes me potentially as a better fit with Brassard and Kessel. Or if Brassard is still hurt, then uh, out there with Shan and Kessel. Uh, if Mike Sullivan is married to the three stars, all in separate lines, he's got to be careful about the line composition. To be blunt, when every forward is healthy in these playoffs, Sherry shouldn't dress. I know what he did in the playoffs last year, and especially 2016, that does not matter now. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. We haven't taken any calls yet today. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, then you know I am not responding to anybody on Twitter unless I know them. So communication breakdown, it's always the same. I'm not having a nervous breakdown, but if you'd like to communicate with me, the only way to do it is to call. 412-333-9939 and do so between the hours of 3 and 6 p.m. That's 412-333-WXDX. Or you can come to the hotel bar tonight at the Marriott downtown right across from PPG Paints Arena. I'll be there with Bud Light watching the Penguins play the Blue Jackets in the biggest game of the regular season. Really can't wait to watch that game. 412-333-9939. Uh, you know what does suck about the ongoing late season melee to see who's going to play who? You've got no time to talk about the first-round matchup. Ordinarily, we'd be talking about the first-round matchup right now. Probably would have been for a couple days. Last year, we knew Pittsburgh and Columbus were going to play in the first round with like 10 days left in the season and we really got inside the matchup. Now, it's a scramble. The Penguins have swept Philadelphia. They might sweep Columbus. They're 3-0 against the Blue Jackets this year going into tonight's game. They're 2-2 two two against Washington, 1-3 against New Jersey. But I don't take that New Jersey mark seriously. I just don't think the Devils are that good. So as long as the Penguins don't drop to the second wild card, there's no matchup, no team to fear in the first round per se. But if they do drop to that second wild card and play Boston or Tampa, that wouldn't be good. Not that you couldn't beat either, but then you'd have to beat both in a row probably to get to the conference finals. Who would you rather play in order in the Eastern Conference playoffs? Would you rather play Tampa than Boston then Washington? Or would you rather play Philadelphia, then Washington, then Tampa Bay or Boston? 
And maybe an upset somewhere in there gives you an even easier path. That's why it would be real nice, real nice for the Penguins to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Uh, I, I mentioned Tom Sullivan, lost his Johnny Valiant that passed away. I posted a blog about him, including a very funny exchange that, uh, that Tom and I had when we first met. When I was a reporter for the Post-Gazette, I was literally 18 years old. I found the article I wrote on, on Luscious Johnny. I interviewed him when I was 18 and it got in the Post-Gazette. How cool was that? What kind of child prodigy was I? Articles in the Post-Gazette at 18. Good God. Uh, so uh, you can check that out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. And there's four videos. Uh, one, an interview. Two, Matches, including a Johnny Valiant singles match and one Valiant Brothers tag match. And then the official WWE video for when the Valiant Brothers got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So check all that out uh, on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Tom Sullivan, rest in peace. Uh, Also, here's a, a, a cute story. How about the Usher? who retired at PNC Park this year, Phil Coyne. He was 99, and he was working just last year. 81 years at PNC and Three Rivers and Forbes Field. I'm surprised he doesn't go all the way back to Exposition Park and Hannes Wagner. And uh, Phil Coyne did Steeler games, too, as an usher. Good for that guy. That's amazing. He wanted to work this year, but just didn't feel up to it. Hey. Show some guts, Phil. I'm 57. I don't feel up to this. And here I am trying to think of a way to wrap up the show early so I can have a cocktail. Uh, anyway, way to go, Phil Coyne. He reminds me of my friend, uh, John Dimitrovich. He's 85, and he's worked at PPG Paints Arena since 1961. Well, Mellon Arena, obviously, before PPG Paints. Uh, John's the media room attendant. Awesome guy, and it's been his life. He used to chase me away from the players' entrance at Mellon Arena when I wanted broken sticks and autographs when I was 10 years old. Boy, the time is flying by for me. And not necessarily in a good way either. Want to talk pens and jackets uh, the rest of the show if possible. We got Josh Showy at 430 uh, this quick note about Pitt Athletics, though. Pitt has fired uh, Susie McConnell-Serio as women's basketball coach. Susie is a legend in the women's game, won Olympic gold as a player. But Pitt went 67-87 and 87 during her five seasons. Now, I bet whoever replaces Susie is not a better coach, and I would not have fired her. But it's tough to argue with Pitt taking that action, given Susie's record, especially what with the new AD having come in. Let's go to Glenn in Murraysville. Glenn, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Uh, Talking about that usher reminded me. When I was young, I didn't have, like, any friends in school. And uh, we went on a field trip once to the stadium, the old stadium, Three Rivers Stadium. Right. And there was a chicken... Like they kept chickens in the on the bottom floor, and the usher they was there. They kept chickens where underneath, like in the in the 
underneath Three River Stadium, like, you know, in the bowels of the stadium? Yeah, the grounds, you know, they had chicken coop, uh, chicken coops. What did they do with the chickens? I don't know. I was a kid. I didn't ask, but I didn't have any friends then, so I made friends with the chickens, and they invited me into the coops, and I ran in with a hammer and smashed I'm sorry he got cut off. I kind of wanted to hear where that was going. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, Bye. you're still there? Yes. Okay, now I'm just going to hang up on you. We can't have people calling the show bragging about having smashed chickens in the head with hammers. Okay, now let's get some real calls lined up, some hockey calls, pens and blue jackets. you got to be fired up because I know I am. 412-333-9939. It's the Mark Madden Show. Josh Show at the bottom of the hour, 105.90X. This is Brian Dumlin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Here's a great tweet tweet from Skip Bayless regarding Tiger and his performance at the Masters today. If you're just tuning in, Tiger was one over, which isn't disastrous. He's five off the lead. But he had a very spotty day, very up and down. And Skip Bayless tweets, and I agree. This has always driven me nuts about Tiger. His golf IQ is high, equal to LeBron's basketball IQ, but Tiger has never figured out how to consistently drive the ball in the fairway. Never. Totally missed right a lot today. Made his rep with his length and not his accuracy. I agree with that. That's the one chink in Tiger's armor. Conor McGregor's on Twitter regarding being stripped of the lightweight title. Conor tweets, you'll strip me of nothing, you do nothing. Bleeps. A popular word that begins with C. Actually, a lot begin with C, but I'm pretty sure you can figure out the word that, uh, that Conor McGregor tweeted. You know, he's becoming tiresome. He was really charismatic for a while, and that charisma has just boiled over into tiresome. Penguins and Blue Jackets tonight, that's the big story of the evening. Uh, let's go to Mark in Texas. Mark, you're on with the Super Genius. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Good afternoon. If there was to be a tie in the points between Philadelphia and Columbus, who would we play in the first round? Well, it depends where the Penguins finish. Your question okay. confuses me a bit. Okay, uh, provide a word. We so let's the, say uh, let's say let's say place. let's say the Penguins win and finish second, and Columbus and Philadelphia tie for third. That that's what you're asking, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Columbus has more wins in regulation and overtime. That's the tiebreaker. Okay. Wins and regulation and overtime. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's go to John in Bridgeville. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What's up, Mark? What's up? Hey, the Penguins changed the playoff form, or the NHL changed the playoff format. Yeah, we, we know your voice. Goodbye. It's getting easier to, to spot. When the same idiot calls every day, and talks with the same mushed-mouthed voice. And you can hear his friends in the background taking off their pants. Let's go to Grant on Route 79. Grant, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, Mark, how you doing? Terrific. 
good. I was listening to a radio on NHL radio talking about some different rules they have at different arenas. Uh, is there any truth to the fact that the Penguins players have actually asked the ushers to have the fans stop banging on the glass? Why does that even remotely matter as we approach the biggest game of the regular season tonight and then the playoffs to follow? Why would I give an excrement about that? I had just something I had to ask. No, you're an idiot. It doesn't matter. I hope you never find out. I hope it confuses you to the point where you're rendered incapacitated and have to be in a padded room wearing a straitjacket. For the love of crikey, the stuff people concern themselves about when big things are at hand, and, and boy, that's why I don't take very many phone calls. Let's go to Kevin in the car. Kevin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Super G. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I agree with you about, you know, whoever we play in the Metro, we should be able to beat. Especially, you know, Columbus, they've been giving up, like, three goals, you know, giving up three goals and then having to come back. That's just not playoff hockey. I just don't see that happening. Well, that's that's you right. In, in three of their last four games, they have been down three goals, but rallied to get at least a point in each yeah, of those games, which is pretty impressive. But, but you're right. I don't think that works in the playoffs. But let me play devil's advocate, Kevin. Okay. It might it might work in the playoffs against the Penguins unless they batten down their hatches. Yeah, they can't go full. Yeah, I agree there too. But I'd like to see them try to you know give up three goals to the Penguins and let the Penguins coast through this. Well, game. I can't I can't emphasize enough that the Penguins need to play better defense tonight than they have been, and better in the Stanley Cup playoffs defensively than they have been. They allow way too many odd man breaks. They make way too many mistakes at each blue line. And that has to stop, or they're in a lot of trouble. Never mind the Blue Jackets uh, getting down by three goals. I think they'll switch it back to playoff hockey and tighten it up a little bit. Thanks for but, the, but it, my call. It, it, thank you, Kevin. Until they do, are you worried that they can? Because I am just a little bit. Up next, we talk hockey with Josh Joey from theAthletic.com. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 X. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Joining me now from TheAthletic.com, it's Penguins writer Josh Yowie. Josh, what's the story with Derek Broussard? Because he's not even skating right now. Well, Mark, from what I've been told, he has a groin injury. And uh, initially I was told that there wasn't huge concern regarding his availability for the playoffs. Um, but the fact that he isn't skating after a week or more than a week now is a little bit concerning, I would say. Uh, obviously, you want to be careful with him, and the games next week are more important than this week. But uh, groin injuries, even if you think they're not real serious at first, uh, as we learned with the Yarmer Yager saga a generation ago, uh, they can be very tricky in terms of coming back. So we will see. I, you know, I've been told it's not that serious, but uh, the longer this goes on, the more of a concern it is. You know what line scares me? A third line with Kessel and Sherry on the wings, no matter who's at center. Because there's zero grit and not enough defense. I'll be honest, Josh. If all the forwards are available for the playoffs, I don't dress Sherry. Uh, it's worth considering. And you're right about that line in particular. You want your third line to be a defensively reliable line. And if you've got Sherry... And Phil Kessel on the same line, guess what? That's not a very good defensive line, and that forces either Crosby's line or Malkin's line to spend a lot more time on defensive zone draws, 
against better lines in general, and that's not ideal. Um, I know there's some chemistry with those guys at times on the third line, but it's an issue, and I don't think Sherry's a lock to be in the lineup if everyone is healthy. We have certainly seen before in the playoffs, Mike Sullivan will not hesitate to remove him if he's not scoring. And I say scoring because Connor Sherry only helps you if he's scoring. If he's not going to score goals, he doesn't do much else. You can't say that about all the forwards on this team, but with him you can. So he's, he's kind of an X factor for the Penguins. You can slot him everywhere in the lineup, and he can be effective, but I, I certainly wouldn't say he's reliable. Where does Zach Aston Reese fit in? Because there's no sense to him playing fourth line. Uh, there's not. I'll tell you this, the coaching staff really likes him. Um, he's just a mystery, though. I, you know, he hasn't really proven himself offensively enough to play with Crosby and Malkin, I don't think. Um, that said, he doesn't strike me as somebody who's going to be a fourth liner. I will say this, Mark. He has killed penalties fairly well in a very small sample size. And if he can continue to do that, I wouldn't be shocked if he finds himself in the lineup in the playoffs. So the coaches love him. He's kind of the anti-Daniel Sprong in that regard, where Sprong is this, you know, this huge talent that obviously coaches don't feel comfortable with. Aston Reese doesn't have that kind of skill, but he does what he does very well. He's a very you know, point A to point B kind of player, very straight line. The coaches love that. He might be in the lineup, and he might be in the fourth line, but you still have to have enough penalty killers in the lineup. It does uh, sometimes come down to that. How big is the game tonight at Columbus, and how big is it being perceived in the Penguins' dressing room? Oh, they're taking this game very seriously, I sense. Now, that said, they will tell you we don't care who we play in the playoffs. We don't care where the series starts. And maybe that's true to some extent, but why wouldn't they want to start at home? Um, They absolutely are a much better team at home. In the last two playoff runs, in which they've won the Stanley Cup both seasons, if I'm not mistaken, every single series they've had home ice advantage. It's a great thing to have. And they are taking it seriously, as they should be, Mark. If they lose this game, there's a really good chance, if you just do the math and look at the standings, they could start the first round against the Capitals. And I know what history tells us regarding those two teams, but I still don't think you want to start the playoffs in Washington. It looks like Corpusalo may play goal for Columbus tonight and not Bobrovsky, Josh. What do you hear about that? Because that would certainly be a surprise. Yeah, it would. And I, yeah, I've heard the same thing, but that's quite possible. Um, that's fascinating to me. And my God, Mark, the whole division is amazing when you consider the goaltending. And really, how many, I think the Penguins are very responsible for a lot of this. I think they're in Braden Holtby's head for sure. Grubauer might get the nod in Washington. And we know the Penguins are in Bobrovsky's head. Uh, there's this, this thinking regarding Bobrovsky that, oh, he can't win in the playoffs. He's never won in the playoffs. Well, the only team he's ever played in the playoffs is the Penguins. So maybe that's why he can't win in the playoffs. It might be a Penguin thing more than it is a playoff thing. But that tells you something. And what is the biggest game of the year for Columbus if they don't go with him? That would be fascinating. And by the way, Columbus still hasn't clinched a playoff spot. Uh, they're almost certain to. But they do finish the season with Nashville. So that makes that game, uh, the game against the Penguins, that much bigger. So that would be interesting. Now, sometimes Columbus comes out and hits the Penguins. Sometimes they try to skate with the Penguins. Which approach is their best bet, and what do you think they'll do tonight? I think they'll try to beat up the Penguins tonight. Um, History tells us in big games that's how John Tortorella wants his team to play. I'm convinced that Torch thinks that's how you beat the Penguins. 
I don't agree with him, really. Um, I think if you want to beat the Penguins, not that you want to beat them at their own game, but I think uh, if you just try to beat them up and try to physically punish them, I just think they're too talented for that. And I think we have seen many times that that approach, especially with the Blue Jackets, doesn't really work. That's what Columbus tried to do in the playoffs last season, and look what happened. I realize the Blue Jackets don't have the top-end skill the Penguins have, but they do have a lot of great players. Look at Seth Jones and Lorensky and, and just all four lines that can score. If they just play hockey, I think that's in their best interest, especially playing at home. But I'm telling you, just being at home at this kind of a, an intense game, John Tortorella likes his teams to play a certain way. We have seen it backfire before, and the Penguins could get a bunch of power play opportunities. It would not shock me if that happens tonight. We're talking to Josh Owey of TheAthletic.com here on 105.9 The X. Josh, if Kenny Malka went nuts at the end of the game against the Caps on Sunday, and then he did a rah-rah interview with the media a couple days later, is Gino trying to rally the troops? Because it sure seems like it. Absolutely he is. And, you know, it's funny. After the game, Mark, uh, Gino said he was just sending a message to the Capitals because they might beat in the playoffs. Um, that's all fine and well, but I don't really think that's what he was doing. I think he was sending a message to his teammates. I really believe that. I think he was saying to his teammates, hey, you guys have kind of lollygagged through the regular season. Uh, the playoffs start next week. Let's stop being so soft. Enough is enough. I, that, that's my interpretation of, of what he did and what he said also afterwards. And Gino's kind of that guy, Mark. I, I don't have a problem with it. I, you know, Sid is kind of a quiet leader. He, he can't be somebody he's not. He's not the kind of guy who's going to say stuff like that. Uh, that's definitely more of a Gino thing. And when he speaks like that, he always backs it up. So I, I would bet on him having a big game tonight. Uh, he's popped off a few times to the media over the years. He always goes on a hot streak afterwards. There's no reason to think that he won't do it again. Josh, it seems like some of the Penguins could be playing a bit better, like uh, Matt Murray, Chris Letang, Jake Gensel. But nobody is way off, are they? I wouldn't say any of the Penguins' key players suck just now. No, that's fair. Uh, Gensel might be the closest. Uh, he's been really quiet. I, I think he only has one goal in his last 19 games. And given the players that he's playing with, that's really not a very good number. Uh, he needs to be better. But you're right. I, I've seen Matt Murray get a little better during the last week. I don't know if he's where he needs to be necessarily, but he's getting there. Uh, he, he's looking to be in fairly decent form, I would say. And I think Phil Kessel's been a little off lately because he's banged up. And he could barely walk after the game the other night against the Capitals. So we need to uh, monitor Big Phil's condition a little bit. Now, you know he's going to keep playing because he's, he's quite happy with his uh, Ironman streak. But no, nobody's playing horribly for the Penguins. And listen, Mark, the big names are going to have to carry them in the playoffs. Other teams have more depth than the Penguins. That's just the way it is. Uh, the Stars have to be Stars when April 11th comes, and there's no reason to think that they can't be. The PK worries me the most, Josh, because the penalty kill has really been crap for two seasons, and you don't just fix that overnight, do you? No, you don't. Uh, there are clearly some bad habits with that unit right now. Just little stuff, Margo. Maybe it's big stuff. Uh, watch, you know, seam passes going right through the middle of the Penguins' penalty killing box. It's been happening constantly for the last month now. Teams aren't just scoring power play goals against the Penguins. They're getting tap-ins against the Penguins' penalty-killing unit. That's disturbing. Um, yeah, sometimes you're going to give up goals on the PK. That's life. That's just the way it goes. But, um, no, nah, they're making it way too easy for the opposition, and special teams are always important in the playoffs. We know this. And no matter how great the Penguins' power play might be, 
it's not going to make up for all of these penalty killing mistakes if they continue. So, yes, if there's some area where the Penguins need to be better, that's a pretty darn good place to look. Well, what's wrong with the PK? Because to me, it looks like the other team just gets the puck into the house too easy, and that's PK 101. You know what? I, I agree with you. I would suggest, and listen, I'm I'm not saying Jacques Martin and Mike Sullivan don't know what they're doing because they certainly do, but I think the Penguins have been way too passive on the PK. You're absolutely right. Uh, flip it around. Look at teams that give the Penguins power play trouble. It's teams that don't let them set up. And I don't care how good or bad your power play is. Once you get set up and you're an NHL team, you got a chance to score. And they are just really sitting back and letting teams get set up. And so to me, that's on the forwards more than anything. I think they need to be far more assertive. And they should be because it's not like they don't have the personnel to do it. Carl Hagelin's a really good penalty killer. Riley Shane's a pretty decent penalty killer. Tom Kunoffel, very good. So these are accomplished guys, but uh, they are not playing at the level that they need to play. And Columbus has a decent power play, especially at the points, and they need to be aggressive against them. There's no question about it. Who is the best matchup for the Penguins in the first round, and who's the worst? And, and I'm assuming they finish no lower than the first wild card. Let's be honest. If they go to the second wild card and flip into the yeah. Atlantic, that would have been good some years, not this year. Correct. I, I still think Philadelphia is the best matchup for them. Uh, I just don't think the Flyers are that good defensively. I don't like their goaltending. I don't see how they stop the Penguins' offense. Uh, I think, I don't know if I'd say it'd be an easy series for the Penguins, but I would very, very confidently pick them to beat Philadelphia. As for the toughest matchup, you know what? Everyone's going to say New Jersey. I actually think the Penguins would beat them. I, I don't think Jersey's that good. I think if you get a chance to isolate on them in a you know seven-game series, I think you find some flaws, and they're really young, and they haven't been there before. Uh, it's going to sound crazy, but I still think Washington's a team you don't want to play in the first round. They've been very good all season. I know they have goaltending issues. That's still a heck of a hockey team, and let's not act like those were routes the last two springs. Those were series that could have gone either way. Well, especially last year. Let, let's let's be very frank. The Washington Capitals blew that series. They almost took it away, bounced them back from three games to one down, but in the end, it was their lack of performance in Game 7 and, and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's excellence in goal that determined who won. Well, that's right, and I am taking nothing away from Matt Murray. I'm a big Matt Murray guy, but I don't know if the Penguins would have won that series if he played. Uh, the athleticism that was required for Fle from Flurry to beat the Capitals, um, that was the performance of his career, perhaps, in a postseason, other than maybe the Detroit series in 09. So it took the Capitals melting down a little bit, granted, as they are wont to do on occasion, and it took an incredible performance from Marc-Andre Fleury to beat them last year. So now, the Capitals aren't quite as good as they were last year either. They lost the pieces, but that's still not a team you want to play in the first round. But to me, even though Columbus is playing really well, it's just a more comfortable matchup. They, they aren't that good down the middle, and that's a huge advantage for the Penguins, whereas you look at Washington, you still have to deal with Backstrom and Kuznetsov. So the natural advantage that the Penguins have because they have Crosby and Malkin is uh, nullified to some extent because those two guys are great players as well. Well, yeah, let's stay with that because I think the Penguins have two big advantages in the playoffs. A, they got Sid and Gino, which nobody else does, and B, they make every team in their division flinch. We talk on shows like this one about how, oh, the Penguins would have trouble with this team, the Penguins would have trouble with that team, but none of those teams in the Metro want to play the Penguins in the playoffs and especially not in the first round. No, you're so right, and especially the Capitals while we're at it. While I said that's not the team the Penguins want to play, you sure as hell better believe the Capitals don't want Pittsburgh coming to town next Wednesday 
that they're very open about how in their heads the Penguins are. It's no secret. Of course not. Uh, The Penguins are the big brother in this division. They have been for a long time now. We know, especially with Columbus and Washington, they are so deeply ingrained in their heads, in their fan bases' heads, in their goaltenders' heads, you name it. Um, And it's a huge psychological advantage the Penguins have in the playoffs. And that's why when I look at the Penguins, I see a team that certainly has flaws. I don't know that they're a Stanley Cup team, but I would still probably bet on them to get to the conference final because one of those teams in the division still has to beat them. And sure, it could happen, but I wouldn't bet on it. There's an assumption that, okay, now, the Penguins will just turn it on. And I get that. They have great talent and know how to win, and they probably will, but it's still just an assumption. Well, yeah, I mean, you still have to be a little bit concerned by how the Penguins have played this month. Um, if you look at the previous Yeah, but, but to, to, to reiterate, they haven't been stinko. They've just been kind of treading sludge. Not bad, but certainly not good, and certainly not what they need to be. I would suggest, for what it's worth, they've been better on paper than they have in terms of the eye test. So you can look at it either way. You're right, they haven't been horrible. Um, many times in Penguins history, we've seen them get on a huge hot streak in March, and that's not really the case. I, I do think they can flip a switch to some extent. And in general, I don't believe in that thinking with most teams. But this team is a little bit different. This team has to be gauged differently because they have won the last two Stanley Cups. And they have been coasting through much of this regular season, I think, to preserve their bodies to some extent. So because of that, it's kind of impossible to project what they're going to do. Uh, they could lose in the first round, Mark, and it wouldn't shock me. But they could they could flip on that switch, and a month from now we could be talking about them being in the conference final against Boston, and I wouldn't be shocked in the least. Josh, great stuff. Enjoy the game tonight. Who do you like tonight? I, I kind of like Pittsburgh since there is something on the line. How about you? I think it's going to be a great game, but uh, the Penguins like these kinds of games. They like playing in that building. Uh, I will not bet against them tonight. I think they might pull it out. That's Josh Shelley from The Athletic. I'm Mark Madden. We'll talk to Bob McGaugh next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Well, no, I just said, I don't know what I said. I don't know what you said. Yeah, double M. Yeah? The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, who do you like tonight? It really is a big game at Columbus between the Penguins and Blue Jackets with a lot on the line. We've talked to Bob McGalligan, who covers the, well, he's the play-by-play man for the Blue Jackets, and to Josh Showey, who covers the Penguins, and uh, both guys say that their respective teams that they deal with are taking this game very seriously. Uh, I like the Penguins, Mark. I like them 4-2 to two with maybe an empty netter in there. Um, Columbus got a lot going for him. As you talked to Bob McGilligan, I mean, 13-1-1 in their last 15. That's, that's a pretty decent run. Um, but to be the man, you got to beat the man, right? I've heard that said around here. Woo! So until the Columbus Blue Jackets can beat the Penguins, I mean, the Penguins have a couple things to tidy up. Uh, I know you've been harping on the defense, and yeah, they got to get that together a little bit. Well, not the defensive core, Bob, but they got to play better team defense, not make turnovers at the blue lines, and especially not concede as many odd man breaks. Yeah, the giveaways, too. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to jump on 58 for that, but there have been some really egregious giveaways that, not just by him, but by other people, in trying to make maybe a fancier play than just getting it out of the zone or clear it up the boards, it seems like those egregious ones just end up in our net after one pass or sometimes after none. So, 4-2, uh, I like the Penguins. It's worth noting... 
that the Penguins have swept the Blue Jackets to this point in the season. Three wins, no losses, and they beat the Blue Jackets four out of five in last year's playoffs. So I'm not sure what the record between the two teams was last year during the regular season, but the Penguins have won seven of the last eight against Columbus. So if this is an even matchup, the results certainly don't reflect that. And does that show why John Tortorella may be looking at Corpusala today in net instead of Bobrovsky, who just cannot get the job done against Pittsburgh? Well, we don't know for sure that the number two goalie for Columbus, uh, Jonas Corpusalo, will be in net tonight. But, but uh, Bobrovsky stayed on the ice later and got extra work at the morning skate, whereas Corpusalo left first. That seems to indicate he's starting. And uh, Bob McGilligan pointed out that if Corpusalo plays tonight, he wins. Then what do you do in the playoffs? Well, I think that's easy. You play Corpusalo. Yeah, but um, if he plays tonight and he wins, and they go with Corpusalo, and then Corpusalo falters in case the Penguins and the Blue Jackets meet up in another round, boy, I well, mean, Bob, that that that's tough because it'd be especially tough if Corpusalo plays tonight and wins, and the standings fall that they play again next week. Be- because, well, no, maybe. Maybe I've got that backwards. Maybe if you go to Bob for the first-round series and you play Pittsburgh in the second round and then you go to Corpusalo because he played, I mean... Either way, Tortorella's doomed. I mean, if either way, if the Penguins win tonight... See, I agree with McGilligan. I don't see the upside to playing Corpusalo tonight, right. even if you win. Right, yeah, because, you know, even if you win tonight, you're still making the playoffs. All they need is one point to make the playoffs. Is there any way you would play Corpusalo over Bobrovsky in a series against the Penguins? Any way? Anyway, no. None that I would. But then again... Really? Now let me play devil's advocate. Okay, none that I can think of right now. Apparently, the Capitals are going to start the playoffs with Grabauer in goal, and um, the Devils are going to start the playoffs with Kincaid in goal. Both uh, Washington and New Jersey turn into the number twos. Why would Columbus be any different, especially when their number one goalie, however decorated, has lost in the playoffs uh, twice to the Penguins? How about this? Um, with the Capitals, he is def- Grubauer has definitely earned that spot. I think that Holpe has just fallen apart too much. I think that the proof is in the pudding right there. With the Columbus Blue Jackets, you've got Corpusalo doesn't have a history with the Penguins yet. Bobrovsky has a terrible one with them. You know, if, if you go with him again and you lose... All of a sudden, it's the bad move. If you go with Corpusalo, especially based on what happens tonight, you know at least you tried something different. Either way, like I said, either way, if they match up against the Penguins and the Penguins take the series, you know Tortorella's doomed. Oh, I don't think so. I think if he plays the Penguins in the playoffs and he leaves Bobrovsky in and they lose, then he played his number one goal. It's what most coaches would do. You very rarely get crucified. If you maintain the status quo, you get crucified if you take the gamble and it doesn't work. Boy, thinking back the last couple of years, though, you know, some of the gambles taken or not taken and how the people have reacted. Oh, look on, at Sully going back to exactly. Murray last year in the middle of Flurry having a great playoff run. Exactly. And, I mean, you sat through every phone call. You know, the reaction good and the reaction bad. If you think back, there was more reaction bad to people who wanted 29 back in there also. Uh, but does that reflect how many people liked Flurry that were fans of him that had Flurry jerseys, or did it reflect people looking at it from a serious hockey perspective? Boy, because um, if you looked at it from a serious that's, that's hockey tough. perspective, I don't want to debate the Flurry Murray thing again. But at that moment, you know, in that uh, conference final when Coach Sullivan went back to Murray, 
You had the guy who won the last cup against the then backup, which Flurry was at that point, a backup, but he was a red-hot backup. You know what's funny, Mark, and I know you hate cliched sports radio, but that is an actual, there's no clear-cut answer. If you were Tortorella, who would you go with tonight? Who would you go with in the se- in the series if they meet up again? I would bet that the callers would say Corpus Allo. I'll tell you this, though. The callers here or in Columbus? Here. Well, either place. I think if you threw that out, either place. I think. Well, it let would me be- tell you why I would go with, with Bobrovsky tonight and in the playoffs against Pittsburgh. Because who the frig is Jonas Corposalo? He's, he's a nobody. He's well, he's a- not the guy who's got lost to the Penguins every time. But he is just a, a jabroni backup. We're talking to Bob McLaughlin, brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, Tiger Woods today, one over par, five off the lead. Uh, didn't play particularly well. Scrambled a bit to make up some strokes mm-hmm. near the end. Uh, we did not see him play because we're doing a radio show, and I preferred to watch the uh, Europa League soccer game. But uh, what's your take on Tiger being at where he is? I actually had the monitor on in here, and I snuck in here a couple of times throughout the afternoon and then during the show. Um, I read a report from somebody at Golf Magazine who said that this is the kind of round that Tiger needed today. If he wasn't going to have a spectacular round, he should have this kind of round where he battled back and he finished strong. Plus, on his fives... That was the guy actually self-flagellating when he wrote that, you think? Or, <laughs> it looked like I mean, it was pretty shaky handwriting. Yeah, but, but yeah, that strikes me as a guy who was going to write something good about Tiger no matter what happened. Well, he's Golf Magazine. He's got to put Tiger. He's got to be pro-Tiger because... Everybody reading his magazine, if they're going to read it or looking at him on Twitter, they're looking for Pro Tiger. Um, but his par fives, he was close to the um, greens. He missed a couple of putts that he probably could sink tomorrow, could sink Saturday or Sunday. So it looks like he's in a decent spot to make a move. But look, if he's not in the top five, you know, top five or top six, um, I think the Hoy Poloi, they're going to be kind of upset. Well, at plus one, Bob, he's no guarantee to make the cut, is he? No, no, not a guarantee right now, but they said it's looking good for where he is right now and where the rest of the field is. If he's a plus one playing like he played today, uh, most people think he will make the cut. Sergio Garcia, on the other hand, having a 13 on a hole today. Yeah, why did he keep chucking balls into the water? Why did he just take a drop? That was very much tin cup like. <laughs> very much was. Um I don't know, just to, prove, uh, just to prove to himself that he could, to set himself up in case he makes the cut for the later rounds, you know, so that's not a boogeyman he, hole he for him. He won't be making the cut. No. No, but it's good to see somebody, a pro, do that. Yeah, after so many of the golfers. Uh, when you golf, Bob, do you ever, I guess you probably do that quite often. Oh, I used to. That's why I gave it up. Mark, if I have that kind of time and the weather's that nice, I'm out there fishing. Uh, did you see the Conor McGregor, some of the uh, video clips from him, uh, crashing the UFC press conference at Brooklyn, throwing stuff, calling out one of the guys who is going to be in the bot to cry on a new lightweight champ after he stripped of the title. It was insane. Yeah. And I don't know if Dana White is serious about McDavid, McDavid, McGregor being done with UFC and th- having a warrant out for his arrest. But if all that's true, I don't blame Dana White, do you? I don't. NYPD just said there is no, quote, warrant out for his arrest. But if they see him at the airport. Why th- wouldn't there be? Uh, I don't know. The the spokesman for the NYPD said if they see him at the airport, they will talk to him, but there is no warrant for him right now. The, the, well, I there's no warrant, and they want to talk to him at the airport, he should tell the coppers to F off. <laughs> he, I'm sure I, he's got I his, bet he does. I bet he does is right. But the one thing about that, the first clip that you showed me when he threw the guardrail at the bus and everything, that was on the other side. I didn't see the other side until a bit later. He threw like a, a stanchion through the window, which injured a couple fighters on the bus. 
Right. That's the worst including, part of it. Including a female fighter. And clean, uh, right. And she's now said that she will fight. She's not that badly injured. But that's the part. Like, they're definitely going to sue Conor McGregor because he's got some money and they're going to have some of it now. Do you agree with me that he's gone from charismatic and entertaining to boorish and tiresome? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this was too much. This this was psychotic, Mark. He had a break here. If you watch the video, there's there's no promoting. There's no showmanship or anything with Conor McGregor in this one. He just plain lost it. That's Bob McLaughlin. I'm Mark Madden. Up next, more Tiger Woods coverage, because that's what people want, right? 105.9 The X.